It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of the podcast. I can't believe February is such a short month that we are almost in March already. I am currently in the midst of my March preparations, trying to plan what I want to accomplish in the month. Uh, Even though I'm a very digital person, I do digital video and digital audio and all kinds of online interactions. I am very analog when it comes to things like planning. So I have a sheet that I basically split into four different sections. And I have on there my YouTube, my TikTok, my Instagram, and my LinkedIn. I'm trying to just put some ideas, jot some ideas down for things I want to post within the month of March. And then, of course, other things are just going to pop up depending on what kind of trends and stuff are going on on social media. I hope everyone is doing really well out there. I've had a heck of a week. I... um have been coordinating a lot of stuff for my daughter. Believe it or not, yesterday I had to coordinate with seven different people in regards to her um, care and support that she's receiving just because of her autism. Like I said, she is very high functioning. She just she just needs a lot of uh, guidance and support. So I had to talk to her teacher, her, I guess now she has an English helper, like a teacher's aide that she's working with. Her grandmother wanted to get a hold of her because her great grandmother has cancer and she wants her to write her a get well card. And then she had social skills group and speech therapy. And then she had behavior. She's in, she's in behavioral health. Now I put her in because she's had some, just some frustrations and uh, trouble handling her emotions. And then her music teacher was emailing me that she had assignments <laughs> that were passed due. So seven people within one day for an eight-year-old girl. Just, I'm, I can't even believe it. But in any case, it has just, even aside from that, been a heck of a week. I'm happy to report I'm on a much better space than I am now. But uh, I hit a really hard period where I was just really having trouble mentally handling the spammers, the copycats, the trolls. And at one point, my boyfriend opened up my office door and found me uh, curled up in the corner, hovered in a blanket with like a a piece of paper and a notepad, just kind of writing things and putting sticky notes on my wall. And he's like, what the heck are you doing? And I'm like, I just need to sit down and assess what I'm doing, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I can't let these other things take my mental real estate. And I need to really jot down and focus on what is it I'm trying to accomplish. So that's what I did. I focused on the top three things that I'm really trying to accomplish. And if those type of thoughts, if those kind of concerns are not serving those points, then I don't want to give it any time. And one thing that's really been helping me is getting some time away from social media. And actually, I think it's helped me engage more. Giving myself those breaks, especially like during the middle of the day, have really helped me out. So what I've been doing is I've started doing some puzzles. And while I'm doing my puzzles, I can listen to audiobooks. So I kind of kill 
two birds with one stone. Um, I've even started streaming them like on my phone. So that way I know my phone is streaming. Don't touch it. I'm listening to my audiobook, and then I can work on my puzzle. And actually after I'm done with that, I feel better. Like I'm like, okay, let me go upstairs and spend some time on uh, responding to comments. And uh, <laughs> it's a little hard to get to some of the emails and DMs because there's a, about a dozen a day that are coming in anymore. So I'm trying to handle them the best that I can. But I did get a direct message recently from a listener, viewer on YouTube, and this particular person had stated that they were very upset they did not pass their CPC exam. And it just so happens that this was one of the topics that I was planning on covering, what to do when you don't pass your CPC exam. Now, let me tell you uh, first about the AAPC exam. The CPC exam from what I have, I understand they don't give exact statistics, but from what I've been told in the past, it's almost a 50-50 shot whether whether you pass or fail. Now, when I took the CPC exam, it was 2008. It was just the tail end of 2008. And I was in a situation where I had graduated from uh, Reading Community College, which my with my certificate as a medical billing insurance specialist. And then they needed some certified coder where I was employed at. And they brought in this local independent instructor to train anyone who was interested to become a certified professional coder. And the deal was as long as you pass the exam, they would reimburse you for the course, which I think at that time was between two and $3,000, I want to say total. And that was, you know, included the books and everything and uh, the, the in-person classes. I took the CPC exam so with several people that I worked with. And interestingly, one of the people that I was working with at the time happened to be one of the instructors that I had at Reading Community College. And I specifically remember when she came into to get hired there in the accounts receivable department and I was working in charge entry, she seemed how do I say, just a little bit cocky, like, hey, I'm your teacher and here I am and we're working together. Maybe I can teach you some more things type of type of thing. Like going around kind of telling everyone like, oh yeah, I was her instructor, ha 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 type stuff. So she was one of the people that was taking the certification exam with me at the same time. At the time, there wasn't really any close local chapters. We all took it at Hershey, Pennsylvania. I actually spent the night at uh, one of the lodges across from the hospital. And my coworkers were all planning to drive in that morning. I was already there, so I just had to kind of cross the street and get there. Um, they were They were there. I remember specifically my instructor remarking about how she was kind of having a glass of wine the night before and that, you know, she'd been kind of teaching this for a while and she wasn't worried about the exam. Um, some of my other coworkers were pretty nervous, but back then it took several weeks till you heard your response and you didn't get like we didn't have the app it didn't push through you basically reloaded the website and if you saw cpc at the top of your name then you knew you passed so uh, i was sitting at my desk and my phone rang and it was one of the girls over on the other side of the billing office and she says Victoria, did you see? And I'm like, see what? She's like, the results are in. And she sounded 
a little upset and I said no. And I logged onto my computer. And as soon as I went onto my AAPC account, that's when I saw at the very top of my account, it had that CPC at the uh, end of my name. And I was super excited and I screamed and I went, oh my God. And I ran over to the other side of the office to talk to the other girls. All of the other girls on the other side of the office, except for one, did not pass their exams. It was myself, one girl in revenue cycle, and another girl that worked with me in charge entry that passed. About half of the people that I took the exam with did not pass on their first attempt. Now, of note, back then they also did not grade your exam. It was a pass-fail. You didn't get a 60, a 70, 80. There was no... um graduating magna. It was all just pass fail. So my joke has historically been that I probably got like a 69.9% and they just bumped me up and allowed me to pass. But I can tell you it it is not, it's not common to fail and most people fail. Um, it's, it's designed to be a very difficult exam. If this was just something easy, uh, you know, we wouldn't be paid as well because it would just be something that anyone could pass the exam. The exam and the certification would be worthless. So the, the thing about failing is I would rather fail by a percentage or two, go back, really understand what I'm doing, nail the exam, have everything down, then maybe even just pass by a slim margin. I think it's better to have a mastery and really see where your weak areas too. So let's talk about some strategies if you're one of those large amount of people that do fail the exam the first time. Now, exam attempts. As it stands today, there's a couple of different uh, amounts of time you can take the CPC exam. The AAPC does sometimes offer packages where they'll allow quote unquote unlimited attempts. I'm told it is actually limited to some degree. I think it might be 20 or something like that. Um, in most cases, what, what most people get are the in-person exam you can purchase for a certain amount for two attempts. Or if you want to take it online, you can only pay per attempt. So you don't get a kind of second free chance. You only have one attempt. So if you've taken it in person and failed, don't worry, you still have that that extra attempt. So after you get those results and they're not favorable, don't quit. That's the number one thing that you have to remember is you have to learn from your failure. Remember what Maya Angelou said, you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you know who you are, what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. This is the time to show that when you fall, you can rise back up better. As far as going for that second attempt, because you've got to go for that second attempt, that third attempt, that fourth attempt if you need it, Be careful about scheduling the exam. Now, I would 
hold off on scheduling right away unless you got a very close to passing score and you you know you only need just a little bit more polishing and that's what's going to get you to pass the next round. So also because most exams you have to schedule a few weeks in advance. Now if you're getting close to time and you have to schedule something or you're going to lose a voucher, then go ahead and schedule something um, as soon as you're available. But really, um, if you're going to set a guide, a, a deadline and say, hey, I, I need to take this exam again in eight weeks, really look at that eight weeks and divvy up. What is it that I'm going to have to do? How many hours should I dedicate between now and that eight weeks, depending on how close you were to passing? Now, if you are taking the exam in person, they'll give you your exam results as it stands now. And hopefully this will change. It might be depending on when you're listening to this. But with the online exam, you might have to call and get your results of where your areas are where you did not do well. So start with your exam breakdown, really look at that exam breakdown and see where were your weak areas and concentrate on those. Go over those chapters again in your study guide or in your course. Um, if the, you have the practice questions in your study guide or your textbook, go over those specific sections again. So if you didn't do well in cardiovascular, read your cardiovascular guidelines again, go through that section in your study guide again, go through that section in, you know, ICD-10, NCPT, review, 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 and do practice questions in those chapters if you have them. Those are the big areas you're going to want to focus on first. Now I say first because it's not going to be the only area you want to focus on because you want to make sure you don't lose anything and you still remain strong in other areas. Once you're feeling more comfortable on that you've improved in those areas that you were pre previously deficient in and now are going to be a master of, right? Now you can go on and refresh generally the rest of the uh, CPC material. If you haven't taken a review class or you still have access to a review class, go over that again. And one of the big keys really is those practice exams. If you need a review and practice exam, check out on my website. Um, through the end of February, it's $19.99. I have it on demand on access. Um, there's a printable practice exam. If it's March 31st, the price actually goes, I'm sorry, March 1st, the price actually goes up to $29.99. In any case, you don't have to get it from me. If you like me and you want to get it from me, I would certainly appreciate the uh, support. Or if you know someone and want to refer them over, that's fantastic. Well, as well, I love when people sh uh, share my resources um, for purchase. But you could also just get them from the AEPC directly. They have practice exams as well, or you maybe have some you've already purchased and can redo. Now, when we talk about timing, the exam is five hours and 40 minutes in person. I believe it's a little bit less online because you don't get a break. So I think it's 5.30 online. But what you should do is, you know, it's a lot to do the whole 150 questions again, all in one sitting. So break it down to like 50. And the time you're going to want to aim for is around 113 minutes. If you can finish 50 questions within about 113 minutes, you'll be within the span because that's about a third of the exam. There would be that 50 questions in 130 minutes. And the score to really aim for so that you know you have a good, um, a good leeway would be 80%. I would aim to get it done in that time frame and in within an 80% accuracy. 
And keep in mind, you can skip around. So if you are at a question that is a three-page operative report, every question has the same weight. So a question that is a three-page operative report has the exact same weight as a question about, you know, what is an EMR. So I usually like to target the easy questions, the things that are, you know, maybe you know them or you don't, they're asking you about terminology, or maybe it's just something where you're answering one ICD-10 code or one CPT code. But you have to be careful because if you're taking it in person, you don't want to mismatch all of the answers on your answer sheet, your little bubble grid, as I call it. And honestly, the nice thing about the second time around is you know what to expect. You've alleviated some of that anxiety that you have about the exam. You kind of are familiar with the proctoring process. You know how to take your shrink wrap off, how to set your stickers aside. So there is a little bit less anxiety and you have a better feel about how to pace yourself as well. So use that experience to alleviate some of your stress about taking it the second time and really go in with the right mindset, the the strong mindset, the I can do this, I've studied it, you know, and again, the, the key is really the timing and the practice. You got to practice, 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 read your guidelines, reread your guidelines. Those are the other key. The other suggestion I can make is get familiar with your books. The AAPC edition, for example, of the ICD-10CM book, I think they intentionally put some resources in there that are going to help you pass the CPC exam. Um, I know oftentimes they like to ask, for example, a question about the blood flow of the heart. And for the life of me, honestly, I will tell you, I don't know the blood flow of the heart off the top of my head. But there is a diagram in the AAPC edition of the ICD-10CM book that shows you and has the little arrows pointing where they go. So if you get a question about that and you know, hey, I have an illustration in my book that I can just reference, um, that will put you at a better spot. So really get familiar with what the contents of your book are as well, because some editions have some great um, material that you can utilize in there. Now, of course, if you're taking the CPC exam, you're only allowed the AMA edition of the CPT book, but your ICD-10-CM book, your HICPICS book might have some additional resources that you may not have thought of. I even know some people that will write notes specifically in their HICPICS book because, you know, there's only, I think, five questions on HICPICS codes. So there's a lot of real estate that might be in your HICPICS code as far as blank spaces that you can just kind of bookmark and write your notes on. And again, just be careful because the keys there are you can't write your study guide questions, you can't write exam questions, you can't alter the book in any way, and you can't uh, white out extensive amounts of material. You know, if you write a word wrong and in your notes and you want to white that out, that's one thing versus whiting out an entire page of the CPT book. So, hey, defeat is not an option. Uh, follow my tips and really go and, and tackle that second attempt at the CPC exam. I'm also going to make, I don't know if it's going to be soon, but I will make another video too as well about specifically what to do after you fail your CPC exam. I know not everyone from my YouTube channel listens to the podcast, so I want to make sure I'm as helpful as possible to all audiences on all platforms. If you have a friend that hasn't passed the exam on the first attempt, please, please, please send them this podcast to get them some additional help. And 
that's all the tips I've got for now. Again, check out the YouTube channel. There's a lot of really great stuff that's going on. Um, and some, some, uh, partnerships that I've got coming up in the future too, to keep an eye out for. But for now, you guys, hey, just keep on coding on.